1: Roll on the bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out the bad city, a broken day, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad ladders, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City studios of the Verona Palacio, right across the river and through the woods from where my granny got back from the hospital today, and the first thing she did was ask me for a sack of the East Coast, OG Kush, and I said I'd set her up in New York City, the Big Apple. Ooh. People just in plastic bags, to ready to drive eggs, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should I'm all my come around flat to flat to party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, the town's a tatter, town, town. my brain's just splattered all over Manhattan, should I got. hey, what's kicking, I'm Pharrell with Mafia tonight, the number's toll free, 844 to get on the bench I'm going to watch the Nuggets and Lakers. I got the uh, Knicks going. They lead the Grizzlies in Memphis off Beale Street 61-53 with a minute 10 and rolling left in the second before the half. And, I mean, the Knicks have basically been in charge of this game from the jump. And, I mean, they had it up to 10, and now it's uh, 61-53. So now 63-53. They got it back to 10 with under a minute to go, and they look good again. It's just unbelievable how they play every night. Nuggets and Lakers, no LeBron tonight, of course. Apparently aggravated that ankle the other night, and so he's not going to go. They got eight games left, and you have to start wondering, how many games is he going to miss this time? You know, Is he going to miss just tonight? Is he going to miss three or four games? If he misses... Any more than that, five, six, seven, the whole thing, all eight, uh, they're going to blow it. They're, they are going to blow that spot and they're going to end up in a playing game. I mean, it's as simple as that. They're playing like crap. I think it's 8 and 14 and 22. And that's just not cutting the mustard, that's just all there is to it. So we'll keep an eye on him tonight with Davis, obviously. He's been back, and they haven't been winning with him. So everybody thought when Anthony Davis came back that it'd be easy money and they'd start winning again, and that just has not been the case. Oh, Derrick Rose hitting a three ball, 66-55-28 left. Derrick Rose has been unbelievable for the Knicks uh, ever since they got him. I mean, he was averaging or probably still is over 14. And the guy just gives him, you know, buco minutes and and just fantastic ball off the bench. He's been great and he energizes them and does everything. Great point. Great teammate. Such a great leader and and basically coach, instructor for those young kids, like quickly. And Toppin, everybody, you know, respects him so much. Oh, Randall from downtown at the half, sixty-nine fifty-eight. Randall from out front, deep downtown where there's no more parking. Oh, my God, from 28 feet out. Boom. Julius Randall having an off night, but not right there when he threw up the bomb and it fell at the gun as the Knicks getting it done. In Memphis, with a little barbecue sauce, we welcome in our radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 204, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, near to Yawana, do Yawana, and of course, Sports Map, Sports Byline, Armed Forces Radio, Hoorah, Soldier Hoorah, it's Pharrell on the Bench with Mafia joining me. So... I don't know if you saw this or not. I'm sure Mafia might have. Did you see this guy, Tom Wilson, tonight uh, for the Capitals against the Rangers, what he did?
2: Of course I did. Just pathetic. You know, all this talk about this guy's not a thug. This guy isn't misunderstood. He's a great guy, really, if you get to know him. That was complete dirty play right there. You throw a guy on his back, and you just start sucker-punching him when he can't defend himself.
1: Yeah, like, he definitely... Sucker punched, was it uh, Bushnevich? Is that who he sucker punched?
2: No, the bread man who then left the game later
1: on. Well, no, no. So he had already, no, he punched Bushnevich on the ground in the back of the head. And then didn't he go after Panarin and body slammed him onto the ice and pulled his hair and everything else? I think it was a combination of both of them that he attacked. He got a 10 minute misconduct.
2: Yeah, you're right. He did both. The last one, the one, the bigger one, you know, the one I was talking about at the end was Panarin, but it started with the Bushnevich.
1: Right. So he hit Bushnevich in the back of the head. Then he went after Panarin, body slammed him, then uh, sucker punched him, pulled his hair, threw him around like a rag doll, and got a 10 minute misconduct. And then to add insult to injury, the guy got a puck late and scored an empty net goal right in the Rangers' face. And then for icing on the cake, the Rangers were eliminated because the Bruins got into the playoffs tonight for the final spot in that Eastern Division. So Pharrell on the bench, we're going to rage all night. Go with us.
3: everybody's got an opinion go ahead ask them but only a few have an opinion informed by expert analysis and experience it's called trust it's why we're here for you keep it here and get the The edge. edge you're listening to the sports grid radio network
1: All right, Pharrell on a bench back with you. And uh, I just was looking at uh, the three balls in that Knick game because they were really hitting them. They hit 11 of 18 from three, and they got three from Rose and two each from Randall, Bullock, and Quickly, and then one from Burks and Barrett. I mean, they're hitting 61% of their threes. That's the deal. And, I mean, you start hitting like that, you're not going to lose many games. They're shooting 60% from the floor. randall has got 13, but Rose, a 15 spot. Barrett, eight. Quickly, eight. Burke, seven. They're getting productivity from everybody. Alfred Payton, six. Bullock, six. With those two threes. And they lead by 11 in Memphis. At the half. So, that's crazy. And then, the Sixers lead the Bulls at the half. Big 60-43. to Again, I was on the Sixers. I thought the Bulls would give them a game, to be honest with you. And, in this game, Danny Green leads Philly with 14. Embiid only 6 at the half. Curry's got 11. Seth Curry, and then Milton's got seven, Harris nine. And then for the Bulls, I mean, really, nobody's doing anything. Cody White's got eight to lead them. They're getting nothing. I see that uh, I'm not even seeing your boy Vuce playing. Vucevic isn't even in this game. I don't even know where he is. He's just not playing tonight or something and that's a problem. You know, they haven't had um they haven't had Levine either. I mean, they're if those two dudes don't play, they have no chance in hell. That's all that is. Jazz out of the gates 5 nothing on the Spurs, 11 minutes left in the first. So they just tipped it off. And uh the Magic beat the Pistons in Detroit 119-112. The Wizards blew out uh, the Pacers, essentially, 154-141. How about that over? Westbrook was unbelievable in this game. He's an absolute freak. He had his third game in, um, I guess, the third in NBA history with 20-plus rebounds and 20-plus assists. He and Will Chamberlain have the other two. He has one of them. And the Wizards move closer to Indiana in the eastern standings. With the win, I just have to look at these numbers. They're so phenomenal. He had 14 points. That's just crazy. 14 points, 24 assists, 21 rebounds, 17 defensive boards, four offensive boards, four of four from the line, five of eight from the floor. He shot no threes. 14 points, 21 boards, 24 dimes. Oh, my God. Today we were talking about Westbrook on the show that, you know, there's some people, we showed some of his numbers of of this string of 13, whatever, triple doubles in the month of April, whatever it was. And people were talking today about, is he better than Iverson? and they had really similar type numbers and careers and Westbrook obviously still playing and i just think it's phenomenal really uh, it it truly is amazing to me what the guy has done i mean honestly you can't even i mean you can't even argue with it it's just he's so unbelievable i mean think about it I mean, and lately, this guy has been just going off. In his last 10 games, he's averaged 22.6 with 12.9 boards, 11.7 dimes. He's averaged a triple-double in his last 10. Against the Pacers, he averages 35 points. And then in this game, he goes for 14, 21 boards, 24 dimes. That's just crazy. At home, the guy's averaging a triple-double, 22, 11, and 11. For the regular season, 21, 11, and 11. He's averaging now a triple-double, averaging a triple-double. And then for his career, 23, Seven and eight and a half. Eight and a half times. I mean, that's insanity what this guy's done. When you think about it. And like in his career, uh, you know, 79% from the stripe, 30% from downtown, 43.7 from the floor. Averaging 34 minutes a game. And to me, it's amazing. It really is amazing that the guy averages a triple-double. And he's done that before for, you know, seasons. He's had a couple seasons where he averaged a triple-double. And, I mean, when you do the things he's done, the 12, 13, whatever it was, uh, triple-doubles for the month of April, two seasons averaging a triple-double. I mean, at some point, don't you just say – uh, enough's enough. He's a badass. He's a, this guy's just one of the greatest players ever. I, I don't care what anybody says. I really don't. Like I, Hall of Fame done. The guy he plays at a different speed. He goes to the ten uh, against you know bigs and trees. He's not afraid to go for it. I mean, he's still got a motor too. He's still fast as hell. He'll still blow right by you. He'll still finish, and then people uh, talk about him that he can't shoot. They always say he can't shoot. I just gave you the numbers. I mean, if, for your career, if you're, you know, whatever, shooting 47%, 47 from the floor, 30 from uh, downtown. Now, people will say 30 from downtown's not good, but – Explain to me how you could possibly, like, I don't think he's a great uh, three-point shooter. But, you know, like tonight he didn't shoot any threes. He he knows he's not a great three-point shooter. I mean, he'll pull up and hit them, but he'll miss them, and it's no big deal to him. How can you say anything about a guy that averages a triple-double? How could you ever say he sucks when he averages a triple-double? And then people say, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal anymore. A triple-double. And I'm like, well, how come nobody does it every single night like he does? Who averages a triple-double every single night that they play in the NBA? Tell me who it is. Because they don't exist. But everybody says it's not the same thing anymore. It doesn't have the same meaning. It doesn't have the same cachet that he uh, has a triple-double, it's no big deal. I'm like, in what world are you living in <laughs> that a guy averages a triple-double and he goes out and does it every single night and a guy goes out and has 21 rebounds and 24 dimes and you're going to sit there and tell me he's not good? You're going to sit there and tell me he can't shoot? You're going to sit there and tell me uh, that there's somebody else doing that? Who else is doing that every night? I want to know who it is. Who's averaging? Who's averaging? Uh, a triple-double every night. Who has 21 rebounds and 24 assists at all? I bet there's no one did it this year. I mean, I don't even know. I'm just guessing. Mafia, would you guess right now that somebody's had a triple-double with 21 boards and 24 dimes this year in the NBA, a, a different player?
2: I would guess they have not. That's ridiculous.
1: I mean, <laughs> it is ridiculous. Do you think – but you know he gets uh, – Shafted for people say he can't shoot. So we'll come back, and I want to get Mafia's opinion on whether he thinks he's a Hall of Famer.
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run.
1: That's the problem with people. Everybody expects every team in the FN league to win the Super Bowl. One team wins. The rest of them lose. Nothing for you. How about that? One last indignity. All right, so I'll catch up with Mafia in a little while and talk about Westbrook some more. I'm still just amazed at every single night. And not only is he doing it and having triple doubles every night, the the 21 boards and 24 dimes tonight is just sickening. My hat's off to you, bro. You're a freak. And uh, they won again, and they just keep winning. It's like 11 or 13 or something like that. I can't even keep track of it. And all I know is that they deserve to be in the playoffs. That team deserves it. They have played their ass off, and that guy has gone off every single night like some kind of – he's this magic is what he is. He's just a, a absolute showman. I mean, what he's doing is out of this world. We want to talk to Bill Michaels, though, the syndicated Bill Michaels show all over the great state of Wisconsin, a good friend of the show. We always love having Bill on. There's so much happening there. Uh, I got to talk to him about Aaron Rodgers, so let's bring him on the bench. I uh, hope you're doing well, Bill.
3: I'm doing great. What a time to be a sports talk show host in the state of Wisconsin with Giannis and what the Bucks are doing, Uh, the fact that the the Brewers have the second-best record in baseball without a lot of their stars, and now you got Aaron Rodgers saying he doesn't want to come back. So, boy, oh, boy, there's nothing to talk about here, is there?
1: I mean, to tell you, uh, listen, uh, the whole thing is is crazy. I have to ask you, I did a show last week where uh, I was on the air live, and they showed this Gutenkoost having a – having a press conference, right? And he's on, he's standing at the dais talking and he was moving around and he was tapping his hand. And I literally said right on the air on live television nationally that he looked like he, he pooped his pants. Like, cause he, he literally mm-hmm. looks like, like he's lying. I, I'm sitting there looking at this guy and he's so uncomfortable. Uh, I said that I think that if they, if if they screw this up, they're going to fire him. They have to. At some point, somebody's head's going to roll for losing Aaron Rodgers. I mean, explain to me how that could happen, and then they keep Murphy and Gutenkunst in their jobs no matter what. I just don't believe that.
3: I, I can't believe that it's come to this. Uh, that's the most amazing part is because everybody wants to compare it to Brett Favre. Remember, Brett Favre kept hinting at the fact that he was going to retire. Aaron Rodgers, who was supposed to be the first overall pick ahead of Alex Smith, ended up falling in the draft and fell right into the lap of Ted Thompson. And Ted said, look, we can't pass this guy out with with Brett Favre saying he's going to retire. This is a great opportunity. Whereas Aaron Rodgers has never wavered. He said all along he wants to retire a Packer. He wants to get two or three more Super Bowls. All he needs is a few more pieces. He's gone on and on about how he wants to be a Packer in the best. I mean, I had a conversation with Aaron a few years back that he just said, I, I can't hold all the records because Brett's going to hold a lot of those. But what I want to be known as the absolute best quarterback to ever play the position in this storied franchise. And I want to be decorated with at least two Super Bowls, if not three, because Brett went to two, but only won one. So he, he was intent on staying. And had Jordan Love, if they indeed fell in love with Jordan Love, had he fallen to them, you understand it. But they traded up to get him didn't tell Rogers what they were doing, and he found out about it like everybody else did on draft night, watching TV and everybody's chin hitting the table. He felt slighted. And then there's a couple of things along the way where he wanted to keep certain players and certain guys he got comfortable with. And all he's trying to do is keep Devonte Adams. And then the rest of these guys that are kind of ragtag together to keep them formidable. And they keep letting go of the guys he really likes. He just feels like, look, you ask me every year to go out and win you 13 games, put you in an NFC championship game, get to a super bowl. And you're not doing a damn thing to help me as a matter of fact you're replacing me already i mean I, I gave the analogy this is like being the best branch manager at a bank that's ever been and they come to you and say hey when do you re- want to retire you say okay about 10 more years and then they give you somebody who's your head teller but oh by the way train him to be the next you and we're going to accelerate your retirement it, it's the stupidest thing ever and Gutikins and murphy they have egg on their face uh, and that, that there's no way else to put it. it it's just Rogers is getting out of shape, and we all know he holds grudges and he gets a uh, he gets emotional about things, and and he just hangs on to it like grim death. But they didn't really treat him right, and in the day and age in which players can kind of dictate what they want to do, the quarterbacks are a different breed, especially when you have a Hall of Famer coming off of an MVP season. And Aaron's right; we should have paid attention to when he said, "Hey, I screwed up their plan by actually playing really well this year and winning the MVP."
1: So did, uh, like, when, when love was there all season, uh, and obviously this guy holds a grudge like, a, uh, like an Italian wife. Uh, she, uh, this guy is still mad about love, obviously. I, I think it's more other issues that you're talking about piling on to that uh, as the meat of the sandwich. But uh, it, so when that guy was around last year, standing there doing nothing, and Rodgers was out performing like he did and and winning the MVP, did it really bother him that much that the kid was on the team?
3: I don't know if it bothered him that much because he was in that situation, and he had always vowed that he would never do to anybody incoming like kind of what was done to him. I can't imagine that he would have taken it out on Jordan Love because Jordan Love had nothing to do with it other than being chosen. It's not his fault the same way it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' fault for being chosen. He was just the guy that was standing there when Ted Thompson took him. So it's not... Jordan's fault, but but yeah, I I completely agree with you. Look, I I was uh, because all of this started to really kind of spin when we found out that there was some talks going on with the AFC team of the Denver Broncos and possibly Elway and and uh, Aaron Rodgers' agent were behind this a little bit with some of the rumors and innuendos that are being flung around. So we're finding out more and more. But somebody had said to me, you know, well, is there any reconciliation? And I said, well, let me ask you this: knowing what we know about Aaron Rodgers, that guy won't even talk to his family. What makes you think that he gives two rats asses about 39 million bucks when he's made over 270 million, just playing football, not to mention what he's made off of advertising. What do you, what do you think he means when he says, I I don't want to return. It means he doesn't want to return. If he won't go talk to his dad or his mom or his grandma, who's losing her house when it's burning down in California during the wildfires, what makes you think he's going to go to Brian Goodkins and say, golly gee, can I come back for 30 million and, and play really hard for you guys? that that's not going to happen. So all this rumor and innuendo about him wanting Guttekens out and wanting things to change before he would even think of coming back. I think it's all real. And I've said before, I think 75% of me says he's not coming back as a green Bay Packer.
1: Well, what Bill Michaels with us legend. What? I mean, explain to me really quick here so I can put, wrap my hands around it a little bit. I, I knew that he had problems with his family a little bit at some point or another, what is that about? Like, why you're talking about is his grandma's house is burning down, and he he wouldn't even call her. Like, what is behind his uh, you know estrangement from his family? Why why is he so mean All to right. his family? It sounds like it sounds like you are crazy. <laughs>
3: Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I remember about five years ago, six years ago, when we were out in Arizona for the Super Bowl, I had his brother Jordan on just before he ended up going on The Bachelor and hanging out with us for about four days. And there was no inkling at that point in time that there was any argument. I mean, some believe it was Olivia Munn that got into the mix and, and it ended up kind of fraying the family. And we all know that once you betray Aaron, you just don't go back into, into the good graces. So, I mean, some of us believe it's bad, but, but nobody really knows the details as to what happened. We just know that, that when Aaron put out that tweet a few years back about the California wildfires and trying to help people and donating a million bucks, his brother was very quick to say, Oh, by the way, you can do that, but you can't even give your parents or grandparents a call when their house is burning down. I mean, (laughs) that's, that's the kind of stuff that's going on. So, you know, I, I, I I can't, I still, I'm kind of like everybody else as a fan. I love watching a guy play. I, I think he's probably one of the best technically to ever play the game. And I can't imagine, imagine him in another uniform. But we just watched Tom Brady win a Super Bowl playing for the Buccaneers. Anything is possible. I mean, Joe Montana ended up in Kansas City. Peyton Manning ended up in Denver. I, I, anything can happen in this game, as you know. And it, once a guy like this gets po'd, he really does hold all the cards because at some point the Packers are going to have to make a decision. If he's not going to report, if he's not going to play, they can either say, one, go away, we'll put you on the list as the semi-retired or whatever it is, and we'll hold your money. But if he decides to come back after eight games, then they've got to pay the man. And then it completely throws your salary cap into a tizzy because you're only $3 million under the cap right now, and you've still got to pay your rookies. And Devontae Adams' uh, you know, contract is sitting there laying in wait because this is, they have zero, not one wide receiver signed to the roster after this season. So if Devontae Adams says, look, if you can't bring back the guy that's thrown to me, I don't want to be here, they're in all kinds of trouble. And this is something that they created themselves in that front office. And now you just watch them twist in the wind. And remember Mark Murphy, right after the season ended at the end of the season, press conference, the president of the Packers, when they, he was asked, would Aaron Rodgers still be with the team? His quote was, what do you think we're idiots? Of course he will be, which is why that, that comment now reigns so supreme because they look like idiots in all of this.
1: Yeah. I mean, they do. And it's like, uh, it's like I said before, like I think the GM's going to get fired if this if they don't get him back. Somebody's going to be blamed. They're not going to just blame Aaron Rodgers being a prima donna and that he doesn't want to play because he doesn't like Brian and he doesn't like Mark and he doesn't like anyone in the front office and he's just sick and tired of it and, and they got rid of players that he likes and and then, you know, all this other stuff. Uh, about, like, because, you know, uh, Olivia Munn's not in the picture. Danica Patrick's not in the picture. He's got some new girlfriend now, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to figure the rest of this out with uh, Bill, and when we come back, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to figure out what's going to happen to him and what he thinks is happening, like, right now as we stand here doing this show. So we're talking to Bill Michaels on the bench.
0: Your search is over. You've found it. What you've been looking for. The definitive culmination of the state of the art of, of sports, sports talk. talk. This
3: is the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network.
1: All right, for all on the bench, we're talking to the great Bill Michaels in Wisconsin. He's syndicated; his show's very popular. Tons of people listen, and we love getting him on the bench to give us the skinny of everything that's always happening on in the Badger State. So, uh, like, look, no one denies he's great. No one denies he's a brilliant quarterback. Uh, it'd be like anything else, like Montana leaving the Niners, uh, whatever. Favre, I guess. You go on and on, guys, Brady, uh, we'd be here all day with guys that have eventually moved on. But, you know, I don't know all this stuff about, um, you know, uh, am I supposed to believe that he wants the GM fired, that he hates everyone in the organization, the front office? Is all that true? And do you think... Like, cause you know, there's people talking, he's going to quit and he doesn't need the money and he's going to go run jeopardy and all this other st- stuff. Do you think that he's like, uh, it's actually true that he wants all these people out of there and that, uh, he hates them all and that, uh, or is he just being a prima donna? Like, I know everyone loves him. It's hard to say anything bad about him. And I know you like him, but uh, at some point somebody has to just say, is he a prima donna? Like, what's the problem? Like, what, what is he so mad about? Because, honestly, uh, he goes to the NFC title game every single year. He doesn't get it done. That's all there is to it. You can blame whoever you want. He doesn't get it done in the big game. He's gotten one Super Bowl ring. And at, at some point, shouldn't he just, I don't know, play and just stop with all the drama? Like, it seems like he's in the middle of all of it. Like, he's causing it at some point to me.
3: Yeah, it, you you'd love to think i mean there is something in superstars ticks differently uh you know every superstar from jordan to walter payton to aaron rogers always has used every little slight as some kind of massive grudge against the world do i have to go out and prove something that's what drives them that's what makes them better you know, going with Rodgers, and I know people, it's it's popular to say he's won in four in NFC championship games. He won one Super Bowl. Last year, yeah, he made some mistakes. I mean, numerous mistakes in that contest against Brady. But the other three, that 2014 contest against Seattle, you know, I mean, that there was 14 different errors in that ball game, all player-imposed, and it was just, it, and none of them really were Rodgers' fault. The one in which they went to Atlanta, he should have never been there with that bad calf muscle, but through that strike to Jared Cook on the sideline down in Dallas to to allow Mason Crosby to kick that field goal to get him there. So, you know, and then they just had some bad defenses. You go back to San Francisco a couple years ago, their defense was terrible. They got run all over. They got dump trucked. So it wasn't all Rodgers, but you're right. The quarterbacks get the credit for that, and they also take the heat for that. Yes. Is he a prima donna? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But he's also the best in the game. I mean, you have to weigh how much of a prima donna you're willing to put up with to say we're going we're to get the talent that comes along with it. I mean, guys work their entire career to get themselves into a situation for either free agency to make a lot of money or to have this kind of say and this kind of power. The question is, if you're a Packers fan, and really if you're the Packers front office, how much do you go back hat in hand and kiss his ass to get him to come back because legitimately he gives you the best shot to win? And this is the question I posed today on my show. When we saw Aaron Rodgers as a rookie behind Favre, we knew he was special. We didn't know how great he would be, but he knew he was special. Okay, so they were ready to move on at any point in time if Favre even began to waver. If you thought Jordan Love was that damn special, you're not flying once, twice, three times to kiss Aaron Rodgers' ass to come back and pray to God he won't hate you. That means you made a mistake in the front office. You should swallow your pride, go hat in hand, offer the man whatever he wants. I mean, rumor has it that he was asking for a three-year extension. They offered him one, which he felt was like the final straw and another slap in the face. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's been the rumor that's kind of floating around out there. And then all of the, all of the Jordan Love stuff came to the, came to the surface. So. But remember, on, on Saturday at the Kentucky Derby, when he talked to Mike Tirico, he didn't refute any of it. He just said he's sorry it leaked out. You know, so it's all true. We all know this, is, this has all been confirmed basically by not confirming it through Aaron Rodgers. So whatever, whatever else has come to the surface, something else has happened along the way. And I think it's the contract thing. I think they went and kind of lowballed him and said, we'll give you one year rather than three. And they don't like to kick the can of money down the, down the lane too far because they want to make sure that they've got money for Jordan Love in case Aaron suddenly goes south, which I think he takes as another slight. So you got to weigh how much you want the talent, how much he gives you the best shot of winning, versus do you let that guy run your organization and possibly run your general manager, and even, even maybe your capologist, Russ Ball, who he's not real fond of, if he runs both of those guys out of town, what do you do with the present Mark Murphy after that? Because remember, we're not owned by anybody. We're owned by the people on the board of directors. So they can make a decision at any point in time on what they want to do, but now they've got to all-answer to Aaron Rodgers at this point. So are you going to let this guy run your franchise, or are you going to say the Packers are bigger than Aaron Rodgers, and then you run the risk of possibly going back to the 70s and 80s, trying to find a quarterback, trying to find a guy to lead your team, and going back basically in, into, into obscurity by not even making it to the postseason year after year.
1: They That's what you actually... got to They they actually don't look like uh, to me, you know, watching from afar in New York City, they are trying to mask the fact they're trying to mask it and cover up the fact that they don't want the the guy to run the franchise. they 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 still want to have the power that we run this team. You don't. But they're trying to pretend like that's not what they're doing. But I think underneath it all, Murphy and this uh, Brian Gutenkoons guy, they still think they're Chuck in charge. When everyone, you and everyone else, fans, enemies, media, every God, everyone knows that Aaron Rodgers is trying to run the Packers. And these two clowns, frankly, clowns won't let it happen.
3: It's, it's the best assessment. Uh, that's exactly what it is. I mean, they, they got to say, remember, they told Brett Favre, nobody's bigger than the organization. Brett, you can go away. That's easy to say when you got an ace in the hole and Aaron Rodgers sitting in your pocket. But now you got a guy who's better than that, and he's leaving, and he's mad at you, and he's made the world know that he's mad at you and that you screwed up, and that you slighted him in some way, shape, or form. Now take sides. Some Packers fans are like, good riddance, get him out of here. We don't need the prima donnas. And they still believe that Lombardi's going to rise from the grave and come back and coach his team. <laughs> and then there's other people that think, holy, holy crap, because we, we've never... Think about this. If you're under the age of 36, you have never known losing in the state of Wisconsin when it comes to Packers right. football. 36 years, because you were probably six or seven by the time you realized what winning was. So 36 years. There's, there's generations of people who have never known losing. So when old people who go, I remember the days, you know, when Bart Starr was the coach and Lynn Dickey had bad knees and they were going to Mikowski before, you know, and everybody's going, well, we had a decent team, but we never made it to the play, They had two winning seasons in 20 years from 72 to 92, two, and nobody remembers that. That's what you're going back to if Jordan Love sucks. And that's what you're yeah. banking on right now.
1: Uh, so let me ask you, because I, I don't have much time. I I got a few minutes here. I got to ask you about, so the the Bucks. Uh, we'll see what happens with this. Like, let's say it happens and they trade him. Uh, then we'll call you back and get you back on the TV side, at the very least, on Coast to Coast. And then uh, we'll, we'll see where it's at at that point because this is not done yet. It's clearly in the middle of it. So we'll, we'll catch up on this story as, as it progresses. But let me ask you about, uh, real quick, the Bucks and Brewers. The Bucs, let's start with them. They beat the Nets by three. Giannis was unbelievable. And I thought that, uh, look, they proved to me, not just that game, that they can beat anybody. We already know that. But do you believe, after what you saw on Sunday, that they beat him, that they could beat him four times? Let's say they don't have Harden. Let's say they just have Durant and Irving. Durant at 42. Can the Nets stop Giannis? It appears not when he has a 49 spot on him. Do you think the Bucs beat the Nets in a, let's say, hypothetical Eastern final?
3: I think the Bucs can beat anybody when Giannis plays like that and he throws the team on his back picking up uh, bobby or picking up uh jr uh, tucker and picking up uh, D- uh, drew holiday both of those guys better defenders and they get better in the postseason pj tucker's been fantastic now they're getting into rotation after everybody's back from injury portis has been big vincenzo's been hitting beyond the arc so things are starting to come together and there was no sign of that ankle injury from Giannis when he plays that way they can beat anybody anywhere in any series but if you start to shut Giannis down this team including their coach have a tendency to panic and they don't change enough to be able to kind of matriculate different defenses or different offenses to try to work themselves into position to get Giannis back into the game that's my biggest fear and that's what every Bucs fan's holding their breath for in the postseason
1: So the the Claxton and Jordan, Claxton didn't play, but Jordan has been the starter and Claxton has been getting massive burn for the Nets. When you saw them play them, I was golfing. So I wasn't watching. I usually watch every game, but I was golfing. So I didn't see it. Can they, can the Nets stop him? Do you think that they can give him problems? Because 49, it doesn't look like it to me.
3: The only way they can give him problems is if they do exactly what Nick Nurse did to him a few years back in Toronto, and that's put three guys on him in the box the minute he comes in the paint. And if you do that and make make him charge through three guys, he'll turn the basketball over. If he's not shooting well, he'll try to take it beyond the arc, and we all know his shooting prowess beyond three is not great. And if he tries to do it himself, yeah, they can beat him. But a big game tomorrow night. Remember, they play him in a back-to-back here at the 5 form again tomorrow night. So right. I'm anxious to see if if he has that kind of a dominating performance, or if a guy like Middleton steps up, or Drew Holiday steps up, or or Brooke Lopez comes in and becomes some type of a defensive dominant presence and a rim protector. So I, I want to see how they get it done tomorrow night. Because remember, before they went on the road trip, they beat the hell out of Philadelphia twice. Now, that was without Simmons and Embiid in the second game. So they destroyed him and it completely dominated him. If they do that to the Nets
1: again tomorrow night. I'm a big time believer. They're going to roll right into the NBA Finals. So the uh, Brewers have been doing it with pitching. Uh, they lost a couple here. They've been really good on the road. Is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, respectfully, I have two minutes. Is it the pitching that's been the difference? No, Yelich. Uh, they're just getting it done with these arms.
3: Yeah. If you would have told me that you would have only gotten eleven games out of Yelich, Wong would have been on the IL. They have. 15 guys that have been on the injured list and they have the second best record in baseball. I told you you're smoking rope, but it's all pitching. Uh, The pitching and the manipulation of big innings Craig Council has been fantastic in matchups. You look at guys like Travis Shaw. When Colton Wong came back, he was hitting the hell out of the ball. A guy like McKinney, the big monster Sasquatch at his vocal back over at first base. Keston Hero can't hit his way out of, a, out of a paper bag right now. He's awful. But, they've been, but, but guys, the unsung heroes have been the guys carrying the team. Urias as well. So right now, when you're, you're just kind of waiting for those guys to bust out, when they do, and you're still getting some pretty decent pitching, this team's going to be incredibly formidable.
1: All right, so going back to – I got one minute. Going back to Rodgers, uh, you had reported that, like, you know, that he was – that they were talking to other teams. And uh, is it – like, my buddy thinks – he's a Niners fan. He thinks that, that he's still going to the Niners. And then a lot of people think he's going to Denver. Some people think he's going to Vegas. If they trade him, where do you think he's going?
3: If I had to say right now, if they traded him, I'd probably say Denver. Denver has some cachet that they'd be able to get the deal done, very much like when Peyton Manning went there. Uh, the 49ers aren't out of it because originally, when the deal went down, I was told that there was a phone call made. We're going to get you. We're going to get you that draft pick, maybe Garoppolo and four other picks, and and Rogers was for it, but the Packers said no. I still think he has. I think the 49ers are in play, but I think he ends up in Denver before it's all, all said and done. Right.
1: All right, Billy. You're the man. Great stuff tonight. You're, you're rock star status. We'll be in touch, all right, bro? You're the man, tip. All right, there he is, Bill Michael. Ah, the sweet
0: sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run
1: their ass beat. They were going through the motions. They were lifeless. I don't like that or condone that at all. I play it straight up, yo. All right, for all on the bench, good having Bill Michaels on. I just turned the Knicks on again. Uh, nine minutes left. 99-88 Knicks in Memphis. I'm telling you, they mean business. And uh, the Nuggets were up four on the Lakers uh, in the... I, I still think it's the... Second, but maybe it's the first, Who know, It might just be the first. I can't keep track of it all. Uh, but I, I know that the nuggets have been winning. Let's see if it's still on. Let me see. Uh, yeah, it's in the second now, seven minutes left. So anyway, um, mafia, you didn't answer me. Do you think, you know, cause uh, they showed the numbers. Only three guys have ever done it. The, the, the triple-double with the 20 and 20, the 21 boards, 24 dimes, only three guys have ever done it. He's two of the three guys. Westbrook's two of the three Three guys, Wilt being the other. Do you believe right now already he's a Hall of Famer?
2: Yeah, he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. I mean, you can't average a triple-double for a season and not just have that one great season, but he's had a bunch of great seasons. He's had numerous triple-doubles. He's going to break the record for career triple-doubles. You can't do that and not get put in the Hall of Fame. That's an obvious thing. I mean, no, he's not going to have any titles, but you know, it's just kind of the situation he was in in certain spots. And the, the number that's more important for me isn't even, you know, the, the points, the assists, the rebounds, those are all incredible. They're impressive. The bigger number for me was when we had that graphic up today, the 12 and three, that they're taking this Wizards team, which is him and Beal and a bunch of crap pieces, and somehow winning most of their games right now down the stretch. That's what's more important to me, that not just he's stacking his stats, but he's playing winning basketball on a crappy team.
1: And you don't want to play them. You do not want to play them in a, a playing game. I don't care what anybody says. That team is playing they have to be playing the best basketball in the NBA right now. Like overall, like in in a pressure situation. Uh they're winning games that they have to win, and they're doing it every night.